0: during the cocktail hour while guests are just mingling and having a good time don't forget about dinner music that's very important to set the mood while guests eat and we definitely can't forget the party let's get the party started right now with the dna project CA for more information
1: hello bonjour and everyone thank you for listening to another episode of the dna airwaves Each episode of the podcast is produced, recorded, and mixed at the MPL in Toronto. The MPL is a collection of film and audio studios dedicated to making all things visual look amazing and all things audio sound brilliant. To learn more, please visit the-MPL, that's like maple without the vowels, dot com. It's also brought to you by The DNA Project. The DNA Project is a one-stop shop for all of your live entertainment. An incredible agency with world-class talent check them out online before your next event at the Canadian pop singer Therese joins us for today's episode of the podcast Therese is a singer-songwriter from Alberta known for her creative expression and great stuff she's collaborated with Nicole Arbour Keith Urban and her latest single cake is currently available wherever you stream your music or podcasts we connected over the internet with this upcoming pop star to discuss the Alberta music scene, her creative process, and so much more. Hope you enjoy. It. This is the DNA Airwaves.
0: How you guys doing today? Great, man. How are you? Good, good, man. Good, Matt. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's honest. It's honest, you know. No, <laughs> are Things are great. Things are great.
0: Okay, okay, that's perfect. How are you? It's,
2: we, we've been d- debating, is it Therese or Therese?
3: Therese, yeah.
0: Okay, perfect, awesome. we saved that for Anya, so one of us could win a bet. <laughs> 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 nice, love it. How are you doing today, I feel Teriz? like
3: my goal is my goal today is to turn Matt's Matt's attitude around. Let's make this a great day, Matt.
0: Ooh. <laughs> All right, <laughs> just
2: <laughs> messing around. The world is beautiful, it's hot PM. outside. It's not too late. COVID is ending. Yeah. Things
0: are great. Yeah. There let's you see. go. The bright side. Optimism. Um, so let's just let's just jump into it. From whence dost thou come?
3: Pardon? What was that? <laughs> <Huh>?
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was is that funny. a biblical <laughs> reference? What was that? <laughs> wow. I was like, yeah. maybe if I throw in some old English, we'll see who jumps on. <laughs> Anthony um, became Moses all of a sudden. I was like, where did we go? What just happened? You know what Maybe it is? I'm this standing coffee. up. I just feel like.
1: <laughs> oh my God, that was hilarious.
0: Honestly, was even I wish that was everybody. Super
1: silence
2: after.
0: Yeah, I wish everybody could see the facial expressions, though. That was classic. Hold on, could you That's repeat
2: so that? What did you say?
0: I don't even know if it made sense. It just made It might have come out the best wrong, part. But I said, from whence doth thou, and then the last word was come.
2: Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah It's just <laughs> a big mess of Old English. We're going to uh, look sense. into that with our biblical scholars after the show. Couldn't get the Old you, English
0: for calm, but, uh Sounds like
1: you're having a stroke in Old English.
0: <laughs> oh, God.
1: <laughs> for real. <laughs> I'll throw you another one.
0: Right, I am stroketh. Let me... Uh, yeah.
1: Doth <laughs> <Yeah>. stroketh.
2: <laughs> Sorry, Therese. That's like a weird it, turn. Yeah, we're normally No, I'm like good. This. Anthony I'm started good. this.
3: I feel like if we're talking in Old we English, I'm going to need to chug this coffee.
0: Oh, okay <laughs> yeah, please do Just
3: so I can try to go up, down. you know. Get back in <laughs>
0: we got we got Matt energized, so yeah. You keep up and we're gonna start off with getting you involved in this conversation. <laughs> English or old, it's up to you. Um You know what though? We're from Toronto and I have been curious because we've talked we've spoken to a few um people from other provinces. Forgive if I jump in and out of old English now because it's super confusing to be bilingual. But um What's it like where you're from or did you did you grow up in Alberta?
3: Yeah, so I was born and raised in Calgary um, and before the pandemic, I was living in Toronto as well.
0: Oh, OK. OK. So you're familiar. Cool. What's the difference? Like what's the music scene like over there?
3: There's a lot of country. Um, I mean, I feel like Alberta is kind of like the Texas of Canada. Um, so lots of country, especially like with the <laughs> I'm glad Calgary you think stampede. that too because that's what we think. I know. And I mean, I'm from Alberta. I feel like I'm allowed to say it and get away with it. Um, But it's, yeah, it's it's a lot of country. And so when I started in music, I actually started in country and specifically writing for other country artists. Um, And so I feel like the the scene um, for the past little bit has been a little bit more geared towards that. A lot of the venues are more geared towards um, country acts. Uh, But I, I think that's starting to shift, which is really awesome.
1: What made you come out to Toronto?
3: Um, Just kind of the the scene there. I mean, with so much um, geared towards country. And that's not to say that if you're in pop or any other genre that you can't do something within that scene. It just makes it a lot more challenging. Whereas Toronto, um, it's just such a cool art scene. And that's one of the things I love Mm -hmm. about Toronto is like, any night of the week, you can go out and see a comedy show. You can go to an art show. Yeah, There's always stuff true. going on. And so if ever you, you're creatively stagnant, um, you can go kind of seek inspiration from anything.
2: Right. Does right. that mean you're coming back?
3: I really hope so. I mean, I feel like everything's so up in the air with uh, the pandemic and stuff. It's hard to kind of make yeah. a plan.
0: Yeah. Well, why did you leave? Was there any specific reason? Was it Matt?
3: It was, it was Matt. And you know, I was it like, was Matt, how are you? And he was always like, man, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I That's was like, true. Matt, I just, I need it. I need a break. Um, no, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah. And like the old English just couldn't keep up. So it was yeah. a lot. I, I thought um, it was
0: the old English. <laughs> a lot. It's overwhelming. <laughs> but
3: it, I mean, it was just, it's a very expensive place to live if you can't take advantage of the city. Yeah. So when the pandemic True. started yeah. um, and also if you're in isolation, like a little shoe box, it's, it's a lot less fun.
0: You know? so. Yeah, I know for sure. 100%. That is more than understandable. So you had mentioned that you started off writing country and I read somewhere that you've written like 500 songs or some massive number like that. How much of that yeah. was in country and then, where was the point where you shifted to other genres and how does it kind of balance uh country versus, I don't know, non-country?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, everything I, else. Everything else. That's that's tone music is split up, just country and everything else. Um, yeah. I, it, it'd be hard to say like what percentage it is. I, I personally feel like country, like commercial country music has now shifted to be more similar to pop with just like banjos and like, throw the word mud in once and you got a country song. Um, <laughs> so it, it's hard to say because some of the songs could kind of go either way. Um, Same with metal. I'd say maybe... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they talk about mud too. <laughs> um, oh yeah. <laughs> but I feel like maybe like a 25% would be country. Um, I kind of shifted okay. to um, more pop when... I just got really tired of writing country. It just felt, I mean, just, I think because it's not authentic to me, I don't think it's a shot against the genre whatsoever. Um, But I I just started to find like it was so forced and I wasn't enjoying writing. And that's one of my favorite things to do on the planet. So I think clearly when something is that you love to do is now becoming kind of a chore, there's a disconnect there. And so, Mm I just started, I kind of put down the genre label and just wanted to write and whatever came out was what came out. And, uh, what ended up coming out of that kind of time within writing was this sound I have now. So it kind of came from a place of just, I guess, desperation to enjoy writing again. Um, yeah. yeah, And I, I mean, I'm really happy with, kind of where I landed with it. Now I can really enjoy country writing again. And I've, I've been writing a lot of K-pop and yeah, just it's, it's fun again. that's what creation should be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Writing, when did you first realize how much you liked writing?
3: Well, I started writing when I was about like 10 years old, I want to say. Um, and I don't even know if I knew what I was doing. I think I was just a creative <laughs> kid and you know, you're making yeah, up little yeah. songs and whatever. For sure. And I just loved it. I would sit down every day and try to write a song. And uh, again, like for me, it was almost more of like a journal or a diary than um, really knowing that I was writing songs. And so since I've started, I mean, I've really just fallen in love with it and it continues to be a bit of, of a journal. Uh, for me, like, there's definitely some songs where I'm like, oh, "Okay, we don't need anybody to hear that." Um, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know,
3: <laughs> yeah. And it just helps. It's very yeah. cathartic in that way.
1: For sure. Do you like it more than p- performing the music?
3: It's hard to say. I think it's really apples and oranges. I think you get different things out of it. Uh, for me, for sure. writing really feels very closely tied with like personal growth in a way. Um, just as you're like yeah. exploring yourself, you're exploring yourself through creation, through lyrics and collaboration, whereas performing, um, it feels more like y- you're kind of a continuation on in the pro- in the process where you're like, OK, now I get to bring mm. these songs to life and now I get to help other people yeah. with this music that has helped me. Um, and mm-hmm. it's it's really fun, like songwriting is so internal and performing is obviously so external that it's just, to me, they're totally different.
1: Fair enough. No, that makes perfect sense. Can I just say, speaking of Old English, that
2: the term (laughs) apples and oranges has always confused me. It's like they're incomparable. You You can totally compare an apple to an orange. I'm not saying (laughs) that you can compare writing (laughs) to performing, but an apple and an orange are easy. One's orange one is green or red you know one has slices one does not anyway um, i, love I, just, I don't really you know love that's apples. the kind of yeah. songwriting that i shouldn't share with other people as well but <laughs> this speaking is, of this is why she left
0: uh, yeah, i'm, I'm, like, I'm like, sorry well, The again. call
3: failed uh, uh, <laughs> 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 no i'm just getting
0: <kidding>.
3: <laughs> oh man speaking oh, that's of
2: awesome. songwriting <laughs> i find that artists that start out as songwriters, uh, like Sia, for example, right, they're, they're different. In a way, they're a lot more mature in how they perform as well, because they've sort of been behind the scenes first. And right. I remember hearing yeah. stories about how the Rolling Stones used to write songs for other artists, but they would secretly keep the best stuff for themselves and sometimes even sneak mm. some not so great stuff if the, you know, if the price wasn't great. Uh, do you ever write right. for somebody and you're like, this is great never mind and you take it back and you put (laughs) it in your pocket for yourself it's a good question Um,
3: I kind of do in a sense but I I almost do it in a a bit of a backwards way where I go into a session I'm like let's just write and see what we create and then I kind of decide but I'm kind of like Mm. secretive about it so I Mm. find typically um, I mean I'm pretty I feel like I'm in a good spot because I I'm pretty like tongue-in-cheek with how I write like I'll really like, if I'd say it as a human, I'll say it in a song, and I don't care if it's too, like, too witty or too, you, you know, whatever it might be that other artists are like, ooh, I don't, I don't want any backlash from that. I'm kind of cool to right. just... Yeah. If that's who I am as a person, then... Truth. Yeah, that's what I want to do with my music. Um, so I feel like I'm willing to do a lot more uh, or get away with <laughs> a lot more than other artists are. Um, right. And so in that sense, uh, when I get to... The opportunity to write with artists that are looking to be a little bit more conservative, I'm like, oh, this ain't a me song. That's real easy to decide. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Makes sense. Um, right, right.
3: Yeah, I haven't really had it yet. I don't know. I feel like your brain just shifts into a, like a weird space where you're like, no, that's not for me. Hmm. Fair.
0: Yeah, you just so you're saying know you what's never,
2: for you. you you never take ideas that you come up with for someone else and then say, never mind, I'm going to take it for myself. That never happens.
3: I don't think I've done that yet huh. um,
2: You really do just switch over to their mode That's cool
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean I, I guess I really haven't thought of, about it So like this is coming out in real time um, Good Yeah, I think, I think Like when you really get to speak your truth And it's so vulnerable and so raw Like that song is so obviously for you And mm-hmm. as a collaborator in the room I think part of what you're there to do is pull that out of that artist. And so if that is truly what they're feeling and what they're going through, then you're not going to relate to it in the same way since you're kind of that bridge to help that artist get out, whatever they're kind of feeling inside. Mm
0: -hmm. Very true. That's a great breakdown of it. Um, how, I know you play instruments as well, right? Mm Mm-hmm. What, uh, well, how many of you, is it just guitar that you play, or are there others as well? Uh,
3: mostly guitar and piano.
0: Okay, nice. How, or what, uh, how, how do those kind of factor into your process of writing songs, both for yourself and for others?
3: Uh, I really enjoy writing with my guitar. Uh, definitely when things get a little stagnant, cause you, a lot of times you're using like the same chords over and over again. So it's hard right, to come up right. with new different ideas. Then I'll switch to piano. Um, I personally really like that writing sucks. with an instrument. Um, and I like to actually be holding and playing the instrument not just have it like in the room and have someone else doing it. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
3: Yeah, and now that I've started kind of moving into the production world, that's a really different creative process as well where you're kind of building up more of a beat as you're writing. Um, and that right. just it totally shifts the whole vibe of a session because you had a drum beat and then you're like, oh, okay, we're here to party, let's go. That's true.
1: Yeah. What made mad you want to get into the production though?
3: Um. So I think I... Low key, always wanted to go into production, and I just kind of never really let myself get excited about it because it's such a learning curve. And right. so for the longest time, I was just like, I'm not even going to explore it. Also, it's very expensive to get into production. Um, and Can then be, when yeah, the for sure. yeah, and then when the pandemic hit, um, there was an, a program called the SoCan Equity X program, um, mm. which is it's an application-based program, completely free if you get in, and it's a program to essentially close the gender disparity within music production. Cause I think it's the stat is that 3% of music producers across North America identifies as a female, um, right. which is insane. So that's 97% yeah. male. Um, and so this program, and it was like, I could go off about this program is so great. Um, is really to, to educate women and non-binary people so that they can be more present as music producers in the industry and kind of lead um, more women into that role. And so For sure. I, I started taking that program in fall of 2020, kind of a few months after the pandemic hit. And, yeah. you know, I think that's kind of maybe one positive, one silver lining was that this thing that I was always kind of interested in but never had the time to pursue now i had all the time in the world to pursue <laughs> um yeah and yeah so this program it really i mean it really went into the technical side of using ableton um i mm. believe ableton was a partner with the program and they gifted right. us the um intro like the live version um
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah nice. yeah
3: yeah which was really awesome and then i went in to doing a mentorship with a male producer in vancouver named kelland um who taught nice. me more about like the creative side and uh it's just it feels right. very liberating to be able to really round out the whole creation process where if i want to do it by myself i can if i want to bring somebody else in i can yeah but not this like i need someone else here to actually bring this song to fruition i think it's it's just very empowering in that sense
1: yeah for sure
2: so how do you start out do you now that you you produce while writing at the same time so how does that really work is it something that you fill in the gaps of like you write the way you used to and then you just fill in sort of the gaps with production or do you start producing something and then write on top of it? Can you take us a bit through your process?
3: Yeah, I I would say my writing process hasn't changed as much. I still really like to start on guitar or piano. I typically, for most songs, I have like a melody idea in my head and I'm just like, I need to get it out. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) so I'll typically pick up my guitar or sit at the piano and just try to like kind of flesh out a melody. And then once I have a melody fleshed out, that's typically where it's like the fork in the road. Either I I start to build a a track around the chord, the chords and the melody I've created. And then right from there, or I finish Mm. it up on guitar piano. And then maybe I'll put a track together. If I'm like, nah, this song's not going anywhere, then I'll just leave it as is. (laughs) Right.
1: How many of those do you you have? Yeah, I was gonna so say, when many. do you decide that one of those songs are just not gonna go further? When do you come to that conclusion?
3: Um, I mean I personally think within a few days of writing it, you typically know. But sometimes right. you'll like my voice notes, if the amount of space it takes up on my phone is, is
0: disheartening. <laughs> um <laughs> uh but Uh, sometimes
3: you'll like scroll through and you're just like listening back on old stuff and you're like what the heck why did I not do anything this song this is great (laughs) um yeah I've had that happen before for sure um Mm -hmm. yeah but typically I find like in the following days if it's still stuck in your head and I mean I'm somebody who anytime I have a new demo or a new song I typically listen to it on repeat for like at least 250 times. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah. I, it's, I think it's more of like a perfectionist thing of like I'm looking for anywhere where it could be better. Um,
0: mm-hmm. And
3: I think with, in that process, too, you kind of get the experience of the listener. Um, yeah. of is this something mm-hmm. yeah. I would want to play on repeat over and over again? Is this something that like if I continue to listen to it, I'm going to get different things out of it every time? Because I, personally, I think that's what makes a great song is um, mm. Just every time you listen to it, you're like, "Wait, I didn't hear that lyric." Oh my gosh, that's I so relate with that. And then a different time right. you listen to it, you get it, you get something else out.
0: That's an interesting point because I mean, when as creators, when we're making our own music or at least heavily involved in the process, you mentioned that you listen to something on like repeat, and it gets hard. And I know Matt could definitely relate to this as an engineer, but trying to hear the music through another set of ears, so to speak is yeah. something that I know a lot of people kind of get hung up on. Um, so yeah, that's pretty interesting. Also, I uh, you mentioned that you had been pretty busy with production over the last year. Um, but I noticed that since COVID started, and I don't know, or the pandemic started, I don't know if they're related at all, but I read a stat somewhere that you had a huge spike in streams over the last year as well. Um, I saw like almost half a million, honestly. I don't know. Can you speak on that? Was there anything that changed or?
3: Um, I think it just as every artist had to do, completely shifting your approach to the industry because this whole area of performance, of touring, um, of doing any kind of like in-person interaction was completely cut off. So most artists had to completely shift their approach to the industry. Um, And for a lot of people, that was shifting to digital. And for me, I mean, I had a pretty digital strategy going in, but I definitely had to, like, switch like every artist did. Um, And I actually found that TikTok was a really excellent platform during this time to continue, like, building relationships with fans and and interacting and entertaining because, I mean, as performers, um, yeah like that's part of your job is to entertain and during a period where there was so much uncertainty so much anxiety i think it was like almost a bit of a superpower to be like oh let me entertain you though like it's not going to mm-hmm. like fix it but at least i can help you through this time
1: well that's an interesting Absolutely. approach to that um can you speak on strategy real quick sorry matt i didn't mean to cut you off but um hey, no worries How important is uh, strategy to you as an artist? Because it seems to be a common theme with any artist that's really trying to make some headway in the industry. And I don't think enough people that are starting out understand the importance. So I was just wondering, someone in your position, if you could speak on what type of strategies that you uh, had when you started, or what kind of strategies do you work on so other artists can maybe use your framework and kind of tap into that for their own success?
3: Yeah. I'm really into business plans and marketing plans. Uh I think partly it's I mean it's excellent for applying for any funding, but also it that's like your framework because as an artist, I mean you can wake up and you can do a plethora of things and you can also do nothing. Um and yeah. if you don't <laughs> yeah, if you don't know where you're going, um what steps are you going to take to Get there. Like it's going to be a lot of very reactive things and um, just, oh, I feel like doing this today. Um, Whereas if you have a plan, then at least you have an outcome or a goal in mind and then you can work backwards from there and figure out what steps you need to take. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I would massively recommend that to anybody coming into the industry. And again, it's going to serve you in many different ways, not just strategy wise, but also when you need funding or Mm -hmm. you're trying to show proof of concept or you know, just anything right. business related because there's such a huge side of the the industry that is business based. Um,
1: Absolutely.
3: Yeah. But I think it really helps hold you accountable and just, mm, yes. you know, that, that end goal, like if you think of algebra, um, at least this is the way I think of it, of it. Look at us. We're talking old English. We got math in here. Like we're doing <laughs> it all.
0: Um, <laughs> we're debating so about strong. fruits.
3: Matt's maybe his day is <laughs> turning around, we don't know. Um, but.
0: To stay tuned.
3: Yeah, but it, if you back. have like, A plus question mark equals B, then it's really easy to to be able to figure out and work backwards and say, okay, this is my end goal, this is where I'm at. What is that right. middle section that needs to fill that in? Whereas if you have A plus B equals question mark, where you're like, okay, here's where I'm at, here's what I'm going to do. But I, I don't really, I don't know, I hope I end up here, but I don't really care that's really right. hard to figure out what actions you need to take and whether those actions are actually serving you and serving your career.
1: It's a great way to say it. Absolutely yeah. agree. Thank you for sharing that. Those awesome.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, let's go back to songwriting for a second because I've noticed that you mentioned lyrics more often than other songwriters we've talked to. What, oh, How important <laughs> are, are lyrics to you? Because to some artists, lyrics are just there because it would be weird to just make mouth noises. <laughs> um you know uh, to some artists I mean, me. or some songwriters it's the music and then the lyrics are sort of a separate thing and to some it isn't can you mm. speak about the relationship of lyrics and music to you and maybe do you write music for the lyrics or lyrics for the music or is it melody for the lyrics going to the music or is it about the words themselves
3: yeah i mean i'm i'm a big lyric person personally i love pop songs that sound really happy and then you you could slow it down and just have like a stripped version version, and the lyrics are super deep and raw and you're oh, like, wait, God. I didn't even know. Like, mm. I think an excellent uh, example of that is, I think it's called Habits by Tovlo. Um, okay. Go- Yeah, the lyrics when you slow down, you're like, is she okay? Like, do we need a mental health check? (laughs) She needs help. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But I
3: I love that because I think that creates so much versatility within music too, where if you stripped down and did an acoustic version, or you could do like a dance remix, I think that's so much fun to be able to really stretch art out and look at it from so many different perspectives. And I think lyrics really drive that in a song. Um because it, it can be really challenging to slow down, like a, a super awesome dance song that doesn't really have um, any gravity within the lyrics. Because then it's kind of like, well, what are mm. what are people listening for? Just the melody at right. that point, and
0: right. yep. you know,
3: it, it's it just falls a little flat sometimes. So, I think creating um, contrast between lyrics and melody is really fun. Um, I have a song coming up on my EP, which is coming out in august at the start of august uh called sad girl and the whole song is uh lyrically it's about how social media is just this facade and behind the facade is Mm. a lot of pain and and hurting and
2: Mm. um yeah
3: (laughs) they kind of like the now you're understanding
2: me therese (laughs)
3: <laughs> I know. I mean, it talks about apples and oranges. It really goes, goes deep. Um, <laughs> but the, the hook of this, the song is, um, but you can't be a sad girl when the camera's on. And
0: mm.
3: I, I love the contrast between the lyrics yeah. and melody because the lyrics are actually really sad, but then the song sounds really happy. And I like, I wanted a trumpet line in there. We got the trumpet line in and That's the song smart. sounds really happy. Like you could jam out to it and you're like, this is a vibe. Um, but then you listen to the lyrics and you're like, oh, wait, oh, wait. And I think that's <laughs> right. so that's so fun to pull on. Um, really, like that. that's the whole story of the song, too, is like the melody and the the bubbliness of the track being that facade and then the lyrics being the truth behind mm. it um, right, and really right, right. like pulling on every aspect of the song to um, really just showcase that metaphor.
0: That's awesome, that is inspiring. i um I love that you you speak, but also your approach to music has so much depth to it. um hey. you talked about it being kind of mathematical, and you're writing not just for the sound good, not just for the feel good but also like layering that in with some heart and passion, which is awesome um your last i think it was your last single cake, mm-hmm. that, yeah. Um, Can you tell us the story of that? Because I know you have the new one coming out, and I can't wait to hear that. But I read kind of how that came to be. I mean, you don't have to tell us the story behind the song, but uh, you wrote and recorded that one in Nashville, or at least you started it in Nashville, is that right?
3: Um, Well, I actually wrote it with two people in Nashville over Zoom during the pandemic. Um, Over Zoom, okay. Okay. Yeah, and then I recorded it um, in Calgary. I recorded all the um, like harmonies and ad-libs like, at home, in my home studio, just because the okay, nice. pandemic, like the studios were crazy at the time. Yeah, um, yeah and I wrote that uh, one of the writers in the room was is a really great girlfriend of mine, and both of us were kind of going through like a crappy little breakup at the time, and um, right. so this song was very cathartic mm-hmm. for the both of us. Um, and, I mean, it was just, it was a really fun song to write. We kind of, I mean, I came in with the uh, verse melody and would really just, like, dummy words to fill out that verse melody. And we kind of wrote up until the chorus, up until kind of, like, where the hook should go. And mm-hmm. we were like, how do we, like, summarize this? Like, this doesn't really, like, this could kind of go any direction. And yeah, gotcha. um, yeah. yeah. I don't know who it was, but one of us threw out uh, the idea. Well, like you can't have her cake and eat mine. And I was like, I love that. That is perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it. then we went back and we obviously threw in some more like cake references and, and stuff like that. Right, um, right. <laughs> yeah. But it was Making a pretty, recipes. yeah, just a quick little like Poison. Kroger. Yeah. Martha Stewart moment <laughs> in there. I don't know. <laughs> I think I was going for Kellogg's for like a Rice Krispie thing, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I would...
2: Oh, Kroger. That's the Alberta cake.
3: Yeah, I will fun. say I will say Kroger is a grocery chain in the US. So, I think that's where yes, I, I go that. I was
1: like I didn't know that. I was
3: like Kroger. Yeah.
1: I
0: did. I did.
3: I went um, to Buffalo
0: a lot as a kid to go
3: shopping. Oh, did you? That's true. Yeah. You did.
0: I remember that. I thought you said Kroger's because... I think you killed the guy also in the video.
3: I did. I did. Poor That's guy, what I do best. Watched it. <laughs> yeah.
0: so
2: right <laughs> uh, speaking of boyfriends dying, um, I have a question. Wow. It, the way you're the, uh, talking oh, as a yeah. prolific songwriter that uses her breakups as material, do mm-hmm. you ever date people that are like, don't don't write songs about me when we're when we break <laughs> up? Is that a thing or... Is everybody just cool and hopes that they will be remembered in a
3: good way? I think that actually some people love it. Like, and they really thrive Mm. on, because even when I'm with somebody, I mean, I'm still writing all the time. And so it's very likely that I would be writing something that they might assume is about them. And and maybe it is, but I mean, I never tell because I do not split in those royalties with nobody. Um but <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, collaborators obviously. But I I'm trying to uh, pay someone's rent with my creations, uh, not a boyfriend's uh, no, at least. Okay,
1: okay, okay.
3: Um, Unless but, you're the one. Maybe not even then. Even today. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That's um, funny. Oh,
0: well. But I, I think
3: some people actually really enjoy it. Um, I don't think I've actually explicitly had somebody say they don't want songs written about them, but I've had a lot of, pretty much any time I, I release a single, I get like an onslaught of texts from Exodus being like, hey, like I heard the new song. And I'm like, it's not about you. It's It's been five years. You'd, you'd be surprised. I'm actually really over it. That's
0: funny. <laughs> that is awesome.
2: Because that could be a little, uh, threatening for some people i think to yeah. know that at the end there'll be reckoning <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah i absolutely think it can be definitely quite threatening for people and i think too it's probably good most people don't know the songwriting process when you're in the room with collaborators because you disclose so much like personal information Sometimes to a complete stranger that you just met and you're doing your first session with, um, right. and so I think it's probably best that um, people who I date don't know that process because you'll just kind of word right. vomit and they'll be like, "Wait, what'd you say there?" I like that, and uh, you'll kind of run with it.
2: That's why we never tell Anthony when Derek and I write songs about him. <laughs> <laughs> you're I'm the inspiration, but you are not getting. I'll real take good. it. I'll take it.
1: You were supposed Ooh, to keep that far secret, man. Yeah. Oh, far. sorry. But like we'll how do this. you go about getting a collaboration? Like I've, I've always heard people set an obsession. Do you just reach out to someone randomly, or is there a connection made before the request of that first writing session with somebody?
3: Uh, I think a bit of both. I think to anybody listening who wants to collaborate with somebody, I mean, the worst thing they can say is no. Um, right. So why not just? ask if you want to collaborate with somebody um i personally find that uh i mean it it sucks with covid because it's challenging to do so everything opens back up but um going to like open mics or writers rounds or someone's show Mm. and not only can you like connect with anyone who's performing and say, Hey, I love this song. I would really love to write with you. Um, but you can also connect with other people in the room, especially like for me. I mean, I, I love Nashville. I've traveled there quite a bit. And with, they do like songwriter circles. There's like multiple every single night. Um, and those are excellent places for networking and meeting people. And, if you're can you really... just
1: explain sorry to cut you off what is that mm-hmm. what is the the circle can you explain that to me and my yeah uh, not my audience our audience
3: <laughs> yeah So. As... Excuse
1: audiences. me, to read, yeah, yeah, yeah just my audience they care about that stuff their
0: audience my stuff. guys you guys can take a break my team <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. um do we are the teams
3: like apples oranges old english is how you uh, we leave that to yeah. the huh? There's like teams, <laughs> like call you yourself have jerseys. What you want. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so when,
0: a, a writer's round. I, I guess so I'm wearing orange. I'm like, okay. That's the orange. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's true. <laughs> um, so <laughs> a writer's round is essentially uh, where it'll be like five to ten different songwriters come out, and you'll have pretty much like five people on stage at all times. And they just each take turns playing a song. So they'll typically play like two ah, or three songs. Okay. Um, and it's a it's a really different format for a show because everyone's just sitting up on stage, uh, just kind of waiting for their turn to go and listening and enjoying the music. Um, so you get to hear right. a lot of different people in a night and then they might switch off and then bring five different writers up to do another round. Um, Yes, oh, that can okay, be a okay. really, really great way to n- network through that.
1: Hmm, for sure. Is there nothing like that in uh, in Calgary?
3: Um, there or is Toronto. one place.
1: Or to- I-, I haven't even heard about it in Toronto. Maybe there is. I'm just not cool enough to be invited to <laughs> one. Of
3: yeah, I mean it's it's such a different performance style because it's it has more of like an indie vibe to it. Because you're not really like you're kind of singing right. more so than putting on an actual performance. Because you know there's no crazy right. lights and you you're very much sharing this this stage. And in Nashville, it's very useful for songwriters. Where I feel like in the Canadian market, it's more so artists are being highlighted and less songwriters in the performance realm. Um, mm, right. So I know right, one okay. place in Calgary as. Uh, is trying to do that. I think they're called the Blue Jay Sessions, but again, that's more so within the mm. country world. Got you. Got you. Mm, okay. Yeah. One other thing is, that
2: is okay.
3: Okay. <laughs> um, I I've just found too <laughs> that um, if you show up and you do a really great job, and you know you're a good person, you. Put a lot into a session that you kind of can get to a point where you don't need to do as much networking because you'll be so so valuable within those sessions that other people are trying to pull you into their sessions because right. they know that you're you're going to add gotcha. something.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That makes Bring sense. Game. How does knowledge of music theory work? in writing sessions? Cause I'm sure not everybody that shows up has, you know, great 10 piano and all that. Are there people that don't even know scales that are just good at kind of like Michael Jackson was that are just good at singing their ideas or is there some sort of elitism about knowing enough chords and stuff like that?
3: Yeah, yeah. me, I'm people, I don't know like any music theory. <laughs> um, I, I'm very like <laughs> kind of, by ear and so I'm definitely Mm -hmm. one of those people um I actually have found like I'm I'm too one of those people like if I need to learn something I'll just sit down and learn it um like I'm not scared Mm -hmm. of hard work but I just haven't really Mm -hmm. needed it and even within music production I found um for the most part like I can do everything I need to do without having music theory knowledge which is kind of crazy and I think when I tell people that they're like what Like you're a full-time artist and you don't know music theory. Um Yeah. Yeah, I just I've never had to really learn it. I did um I think my grade 3 in in vocal whatever right. conservatory whatever. Um <laughs> and I was like So then how does piano just work? Just smash
2: keys until it works out.
3: Well, I just know chord <laughs> shapes. And, and then okay. I'll just like move my fingers around to like make a seventh and just find what sounds good. And then I just memorize, okay, that sounds good. Um, and then mm. people will be like, what chord is that? And I'm like, I don't know. You should figure it out. You should learn. Why don't we challenge you um, <laughs> to practice your music theory and figure it out?
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. There you go. That's funny. You can hear it. There's something there. That's actually big. Yeah. You, um, I know you wear a lot of different hats and just from talking to you, we can hear that too as an artist and I don't know if you're managed or not. Are you self-managed as well?
3: Uh, no, I, I signed with a manager in October of 2020. So yeah, up until that time I was doing pretty much everything by myself.
0: So you've learned a lot. Yeah. Um, you have a company. What's that about?
3: Uh, so it's kind of like a newer thing. It's partly, um just with investment and funding and like company expenses is to Hold that through. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm somebody, I'm like a super big dreamer, little idea machine. Uh, I think it drives my team a little crazy because I'll be like, hey, I woke up, had a business idea. They're like, okay, well, maybe let's put that behind the 20 <laughs> that you already mentioned last month. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I have some other ideas that I would really like to pursue that are a little bit adjacent to my music career. Um, it's just not really the time. I just, I'm kind of at capacity with what I can take on, but um, lots of things that I'm excited about.
1: What are you looking forward to the most uh, now that things are opening back up? Is it coming to Toronto, going to Nashville, performing?
3: Um, That's such a great question. I mean, I know the answer you're looking for is not everything. Um, but I mean, yeah. I really am looking forward <laughs> well, to I, it. Well, it, it, kind of it is though. It can be. Just kind of getting back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just getting back to um, how things were before, which sounds so uh, kind of sad in a sense too, because it's like, wait, but there should have been change within this time. Um, but I, I was yeah. having so much fun traveling and, Um, Just having the freedom to, like, be living in Toronto and then just flying out to L.A. when I need to. Um, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to getting back to Nashville after spending a lot of time there over the last little bit. I've created just an amazing friend group there that I get to consistently Mm -hmm. collaborate with, um, which is fun and has its own difficulties. But um, I'm really looking forward to uh, just seeing all the People I've made amazing connections with, including fans and um, meeting new fans that I've gained throughout this time, uh, and just hugs. I just want to give everybody a big hug.
0: <laughs> Starting with Matt. Yeah. Starting
3: with Matt, we'll cheer you right up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what um? Poor
3: Matt He's getting kind of ripped What your from- fans have
1: look to look forward to? <laughs> <laughs> My internet's off. It feels so
3: dumb. Um definitely the ep so like i said that's coming out on august 4th so that's my first body of work that i'm putting out um so i think that's really exciting for um people have been following me for a long time because there's you know like you're picking certain songs as singles that are kind of like the lowest common denominator of likability like obviously within your brand within what's authentic to you but You know just not every song is is meant to be a single or meant to have like a video or meant to you know have a publicist behind it or whatever it might be um and so there's definitely going to be some songs that just are maybe too raw or too real to have worked as a single that i have wanted to show my audience for so long and yeah. they'll get to see uh, a different side of me through this project which i'm really excited about and hopefully lots of live performances i mean it's still kind of odd uh sure, scheduling stuff right. yeah. i think everyone's still being a little bit tentative um but sure. when that is kind of up and going again i just i cannot wait i'm so excited
1: oh <laughs> uh, yeah i think so we all want that we're hungry for it forward music to for sure. you
2: coming back to toronto as well maybe stop by the mm-hmm. studio Show us how to write songs because we need help. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks so much for stopping by to chat with us today. Thank you. Um, Before we let you go, can you just let people know where to find you on online or however you'd like them to find you?
3: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, um, Facebook, YouTube. Twitter at Therese Music. Don't make it too hard on yourself. It's just T E R E Z. Um, and you can find me on TikTok at the Therese Music. Um, and my website is the Therese. It's like everything's so close and similar. I just couldn't get Therese Music yeah. for everything. So close. Man. Yeah. So yeah. close. <laughs> the struggle.
0: All right. Thanks so much. And thank really you for my it. set of listeners, my audience. Thank you. You guys take care. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> the old
3: English. Up. You got it, Matt. You got it. We'll finish our uh, our fruit debate at All some right. point when I'm back in Toronto. Uh, but thank you so much for having Maybe me. I so person, enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, yeah that would be sweet.
1: As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit DNAairwaves.com Captivate today to start your free trial.